0: Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Today, we are talking about excuses while I pump. If you hear that whirring noise in the background, it's my breast pump. You're welcome. Too much information, I'm sure. But as I said recently, it's just how life is right now. We pump while we do other things. And today, the other things we do while we pump are record podcasts. Let me tell you why we're talking about excuses today. I feel that this is an overlooked area when it comes to creating change. So many people have created businesses and platforms telling us what to do. And listen, they're not wrong. When people tell us this is the way to work out, or this is the way to eat, or this is the way to invest, or this is the way to keep your home clean and organized, or this is the way to discipline your kids, or anything like that, very valuable, very helpful. But the whole reason that those opportunities exist to tell us the things that we should do is because... Most of them, most of us don't do them, right? Even once we know them, we don't do them. And that is why there are, I don't know, tens of thousands of businesses for every particular area of life. And there's so much overlap in do this, not that. Yeah, I've heard that before. The problem is I don't execute. And the reason so many people feel that way, yeah, I know, but I'm not doing it, or I'm not doing it consistently, the reason is excuses. I believe so strongly that if we can learn the skill of consistency, which is in large part the skill of overcoming our own excuses as they arise, then we can do any of these things. We can keep our house more clean and organized. We can get out of debt. We can build businesses. We can lose weight. We can get fit. We can get strong. We can improve our marriage. We can do any of those things. The most important skill for the vast majority of us is Becoming consistent. And it is a skill. It is not a luck of the draw thing. It's not a one day I woke up and I just cared more than I had cared before, or some major thing happened in my life and it changed everything. Sure, those situations exist. But for the majority of people, it is a skill you must build. It is so frustrating to jump from program to program and plan to plan and influencer to influencer, perspective to perspective. Getting all the information and feeling like this is the time, but not ever getting to the finish line in those pursuits because you never focused on the thing that you really needed to focus on, which is consistency. And a huge part of building the skill of consistency is overcoming excuses. That is why a year ago or so, I created the consistency course because you know i've been I've been doing this work with primal potential for almost nine years um, but even before that, working in the health and wellness industry and in my own struggles in my life, I realized that's the skill that people are missing because the majority of the people i've worked with over the years could already tell me the things that they could or should do differently to get results. The challenge is, they're not doing it. Even the people I work with now, 99.9% of the time, there are things that they know that if they did them, they would get better results. But they're not consistently doing them. So I developed the consistency course. How do we build the skill of consistency. How do we become someone who is expert level in overcoming excuses and executing even when you don't want to? That's what the consistency course is all about. Uh, I will be opening it up because I think as we start the year and motivation is at its highest, I want people building that skill. I want you building that skill. I don't want you jumping on the next plan or program that ends the same way all the others have ended. Um, so I'll put that link in the show description if you want to get on the wait list because it is opening very, very soon. Uh, you can also go to primalpotential.com forward slash the-consistency-course. But the link will be in the, sh- the show description here. primalpotential.com forward slash the-consistency-course. Inside the consistency course, one of the things that I do is I do this personalized jump start. That came up, and that's where this episode comes from today. We'll get there, but let me just give you the context. I knew that in putting forth all of these tools and resources and trainings around consistency and overcoming excuses, that there could be some people who come in, and I asked myself, what would be the barrier here? Like if somebody came into this, what could get in the way of them using all of these tools? And one of the first things that came to my mind was overwhelm. All of this is great, Elizabeth, but I don't know where to start. Have you ever felt that way? I know I've felt that way, like so much great information, but I don't know where to start. And because I haven't decided where to start or because I'm jumping from this thing to that thing, I don't get results. To overcome that, I countered with this personalized jumpstart. And the way that it works, though, if you're listening to this in a year or two from now, it could have changed then. But the way that it works as of when I'm recording this is that as you come in, you complete this intake form where I ask you a whole bunch of questions about your goals, about your barriers, about your excuses, things like that. And then I reply personal to you. This is not like everybody gets the same recommendation. Based on what you shared with me, I say, hey, how about you start here with this one thing as your focus, knowing that where we start isn't where we stay, but it really helps establish a place to kind of sink your teeth in and get started instead of spinning in all of the options. In reviewing one of those forms, somebody shared with me their top excuses, and there was like, I don't know, 10, 12 of them, a lot of them. And this was several months back, that in the intake form, they shared these excuses. And I can relate to pretty much all of them, if not all of them. And I certainly have heard these excuses from tons of other people. So I thought that I would do a podcast and go through and share my perspectives and the tools that I use with clients and with myself for these most common excuses, now, again, this is just the excuse, the set of excuses that one person shared, but I think that there's just a lot of universality here. So we're going to dive into it. And before we do, just a reminder if you are not yet on the waitlist for the consistency course, but you think it's something you'd be interested in, do get on the waitlist because I'm only opening it up to folks who are on the waitlist because it is a limited number of people. I think at the start of the year, I'm gonna be taking about 60, six zero. The reason that I limit it so significantly is because of these personalized elements. And I just don't have a limited amount of time to to do these personalized intake forms and other such things. Um, So. Make sure that you either grab the link in the show description or go to primalpotential.com forward slash the-consistency-course. If you have any questions about that, just message me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. Okay. The first one, the first excuse that came through in this list, and I'm just going to give my perspectives, my tools, if this comes up in my life, how I handle it, how I coach clients on it for, for each of these. The first one says, I eat healthy most days. So this time, this drink, this snack, this meal, this dessert, it won't matter. I've certainly been there. Like, I've been doing so well. This one thing won't hurt, right? And I'll be the first one to say, and I did an episode on this. If you haven't listened to the holiday episode from a couple weeks ago, go back and listen to that. It's one of my favorite ones. And it's a perspective that's appropriate all year long, not just for the holidays. But I'll be the first one to say that, yeah, you know what? If you're being really consistent 80, 90, 95% of the time than having dessert on your birthday or on Christmas or the big plate of mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving, it's not going to move the needle in terms of your body weight or in terms of the big picture of your goal, for sure. The problem arises when you use this excuse often and often looks different for all of us. For some people, You're using this excuse multiple times a week, right? And when it becomes a pattern, then it's not an exception, right? This excuse is the rule. You say this all the time, eh, it won't matter. Oh, it's just this one thing. Well, this one thing isn't really going to move the needle, but this pattern of telling yourself this one thing won't hurt is going to make a difference. Where I like to go with this first is specificity. So when you say, well, I've been doing so well, or I eat healthy most of the time, this thing won't matter. Won't matter to what? Won't matter to what? Won't matter to my weight? Okay, you might be right on that. Won't matter to my health? Is that true? Do you know? Won't matter to my energy? Is that a fact? One of the big reasons that excuses win is because we overgeneralize. And when we overgeneralize, we're usually missing big pieces of the truth. So if I said to myself, like, I've eaten so well today, these cookies won't matter. Won't matter to what? To my weight. Okay, well, is that all that matters? Well, no, my health matters. Will they matter to my health? Well, maybe not. Having cookies, you know, once every few weeks probably won't matter. Okay, what about energy? Because I've been super tired. Will it matter to my energy? Um, yeah, it's going to matter to my energy. I'm probably going to feel like I got hit by a bus 45 minutes later. And I'm going to kind of have a sugar crash. And tomorrow morning, I'll probably feel a little bloated. Okay. Okay, that matters. But here's the other thing about this notion of won't matter. I talked probably a few years ago, and maybe in Chasing Cupcakes, but I don't remember, about the parable of the growing heap. If you haven't ever heard of it, Google it, the parable of the growing heap. But essentially it goes like this. If you take a grain of rice and you start a pile with it, at one grain of rice, is it a heap? No, you'd be like, it's a single grain of rice. Okay, well at two, is it a heap? No, it's not a heap yet. At three, is it a heap? I don't think it's a heap. Okay, well, what about four, five, 12, 20, 30? When does it become a heap? You know, if it wasn't a heap at 19, but it's a heap at 20, like what? The reason I bring this up is because when we say it won't matter, well, when does it matter? If you don't know that for yourself, I think that's a problem. Because that allows you to stay in generalities. What I like to tell my clients to do is identify their ideal, especially when it comes to things like alcohol or dessert or whatever. For me, it varies based on, you know, my goals and the season of life I'm in. If I'm pregnant, it might look different than like right now I'm in a fat loss phase. But most recently I shared that like indulging a couple times a month is an ideal for me. Okay, okay. So because that's my ideal, well, then if I start realizing that, like, oh, I've I've indulged three times, five times, seven times this month, like, it matters because I'm not living up to that kind of ideal standard that I set for myself. But if you don't have some specific standards, some specific values, a way that you want it to be, then it's always in the cards for you to be like, yeah, it's fine, yeah, it's fine, yeah, it's fine, yeah, it's fine. Well, it's kind of like, is, is one cigarette fine? Well, what about two? Is three a problem? No, three still, well, what about four? Where does it start mattering? Where does it start having an impact? And that is why I believe specificity matters so much. Again, one of the reasons that excuses win is because we generalize when we make excuses and it just allows us to say yes to about anything. Be specific. The second one that this person wrote in is, I'm healthy and I'm strong, so being 20 or 30 pounds overweight isn't a big deal. This is so general. Okay, well, 20 pounds isn't a big deal. 30 pounds isn't a big deal. Well, what about 31? Is 31 a big deal? Is 33 a big deal? Is 40? When does it become a big deal? And also, to get out of the generality and to choose to be specific isn't a big deal to what? Maybe it's not a big deal in the way your clothes fit or the way you look or your confidence. Is it a big deal to your health? How do you know? Is it a big deal to your energy? I'm going to go ahead and say there's a huge difference energetically how you feel day to day in being 30 pounds heavier or 30 pounds lighter. Go through the next week 24-7 carrying a 30-pound weight vest and tell me it's not a big deal. And if it's a big deal energetically, don't you think that matters to your heart and your lungs and your vascular system? Like, I don't know. I think so, because the whole reason that it's a big difference energetically is because of the load on the physical body. This is why we have to be specific. When you're really general, isn't a big deal. You can talk yourself into that. But what does that even mean? It means nothing. Because you've been so general, it means nothing. And part of being a mature thinker is being specific. This next one. I've been on track for X many days so I can afford to have this beer, wine, sugar, carb, dessert, da 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 Again, okay, on what day does it matter then? If X many days means I can afford it, how many days is that? If you don't know, you're always going to be able to talk yourself into it. Is it, is it three days? Is it, is it four days? Five days and you say, quote, I can afford it? How do you know? But also, another way to think about this beyond specificity is, is this the criteria you want to use to make decisions about what to eat or drink, whether it's a big deal or not? because that's very, very subjective. Is that the criteria you want to use? What criteria do you want to use? I don't wanna make food decisions based on is it a big deal or not? Because it's all relative. I could say, well, losing a child is a big deal. Having a cake is not a big deal. And I'm right, so I win, I get the cake. That's so subjective that you can always grant yourself permission. That one's always gonna work. It's not a big deal. Losing your job is a big deal. Eating a pizza is not a big deal. Yeah, I'm right, have the pizza. Is that the criteria you wanna use to make decisions? And what is the criteria if not that? I'll tell you some of my criteria for food and indulging and eating in general. The first one is intentionality. I wanna be intentional, not impulsive. So, if I plan that we're going to go out to brunch and I'm going to have pancakes, that's very intentional. That's different from I wake up in the morning and I'm in a crappy mood and I don't feel like making eggs. So, hey, can we order out breakfast? Or why don't we just go get pancakes? That's impulsive one of my criteria is intentionality there were so many days where i would be driving to boston or driving home from boston when the girls were in the nicu and i would have this desire to like stop and get ice cream or go into a gas station and get a bag of candy that's very impulsive and i have no problem intentionally planning for ice cream or intentionally planning for candy but what i what i stay away from And practice staying away from because I'm never 100% with anything and I am a work in progress as is everybody here. I want to stay away from those impulsive decisions. So that's one of the criteria for me. Is this intentional or is this impulsive? If it's been a long day and I'm like, oh, I've been so good. Let's just get Chinese. That's impulsive. That's not intentional. That is a value and a standard for me. It makes it easier to say, hey, you know what? If I want to plan to do Chinese next Tuesday, That's a very different situation than an impulsive decision because I'm overtired or cranky or whatever. Another one of my criteria is, is it worth it? And how am I going to feel afterwards? So is it worth it to go back to the, you know, stop at a gas station and get candy because I'm dead tired? That's not worth it. Honestly, like so much of that candy just tastes like plastic and chemicals, you know, if I'm going to if I'm going to indulge, I want it to be really great and really special and really delicious, not zoned out driving shoving my face with some like more more chemical than candy kind of food. You know what I mean? Is it worth it? How am I going to feel afterwards? I can sit down and have a cupcake and feel really good afterwards. But I can also sit down and have, you know, four cookies and feel like crap. Or I can have a piece of pizza and feel good afterwards, but I can also eat a half a pizza and feel like crap. So I wanna make sure that what I'm choosing, I'm choosing in a way that I still feel good afterwards. And then the other thing that I use in terms of a criteria is my results. Am I on the right track? Is it working? Is the way that I'm making decisions working or not working? And if it's not working, I need to change it. The next excuse that this person shared, I'm stressed, I want to relax. I need a mental break from thinking about food or weight. Well, the yo-yo of using emotions to justify overindulging is not going to give you that break. It's going to continue the struggle. The struggle is chosen. I struggled with my weight for the majority of my life, and it is a chosen struggle because I choose to stay in it when I choose behaviors that keep me there. So if you really want to break from thinking about food and weight, then overcome the struggle. Don't choose the struggle. In Chasing Cupcakes, I refer to it as like the no-change cha-cha. You're two steps forward, you're two steps back. Let's take two more steps forward. Oh, let's take two steps back. Now I'm ready two steps forward, but now I'm tired two steps back that is really stressful. That is going to keep you in that stress cycle. When I have these moments, and I have a lot of them where where I'm stressed and and I want to relax and I have many, many decades of being an emotional eater and that thought will come to my mind of like, I just want to check out, I just want to relax. But the fact of the matter is, Weight struggles and food struggles are really stressful and not relaxing at all. So if I really want to relax, then I need to choose my health. Because not choosing my health is super freaking stressful. Really, really, really stressful. And the other piece of it is, for me, that I use as a tool in these moments is I want to be expert level at finding healthy ways to manage stress and to relax because I've got stress coming for the rest of my life. And spoiler, so do you. I want to be excellent at finding other ways to deal with stress that are healthy. And I'm going to talk to people and get their opinions and see what they do and I'm going to try things and I'm going to take that seriously because otherwise... I'm basically choosing to stay in the food struggle, and I've just been there long enough. No, thank you. I just don't want to stay there anymore. (laughs) This next one, I love. The next excuse that this individual shared says, I can still get in my clothes, and this indulgence isn't going to change that, right? Like, if I have the pizza, it's not going to change how my clothes fit tomorrow. True. But is that how you want to make food decisions? because again to go back to the parable of the growing heap so if indulging tonight doesn't fit how doesn't change how my clothes fit tomorrow what about indulging tomorrow night or the next like when does it start to make a difference and is that how you want to make decisions because if that's how you're going to make decisions you're always going to be able to say yes to the indulgence because it's always just one grain of rice right it's always just This doesn't make it a heap. It's just one grain of rice. It's just one indulgence. It's not going to make a difference. But that pattern makes a difference. One of the tools that I use for myself with this is the difference between indulging and overindulging. Indulging might be uh, having one piece of a really special chocolate, you know, like a truffle, Overindulging is having a big bowl of popcorn, pizza, and well, hell, since I've already had that, I might as well have ice cream. Indulging could be a slice of pizza. Overindulging could be three slices of pizza, right? When I am tempted to indulge, I all, or even not only tempted, when I do indulge, I work on the pattern of saying what is the difference here between an indulgence and an overindulgence. This next one, an excuse shared by the person who sent this in, some extra weight doesn't get in the way of anything and I should be more body positive and not get hung up on overweight. Who cares if I'm a 12 or a six or an eight? So you can be body positive and also strive to lose weight. I did a podcast episode, I think it's 903, on have many reasons, make them strong, revisit them often. If your weight is the only reason that you are eating healthy or considering eating unhealthy, then you've got it all wrong. Because what we eat and how much we eat and our physical movement, weight is like the smallest piece of it. It's about health. It's about energy. It's about longevity. It's about immunity. It's about inflammation. It is about so many things. It's about so many things. And look, if you are making food decisions based on your body weight, I would say you've got some changes to make to begin with because I want people making food decisions. I want myself making food decisions. Sorry for the squeaking. I was just disconnecting my pump. I want to make food decisions based on my health, based on my goals, based on my energy, based on my preferences, not based on like... Oh, well, what are the size of my jeans right now? If you're making food decisions and justifying indulging because of body positivity, I think you're doing it wrong. Just one woman's opinion, but I think you're doing it wrong. The other thing about it is the body positivity thing is the, how it looks from the outside, but let's consider what it's doing on the inside. I did an episode. Let me get the episode number for you. Cause I don't remember off the top of my head. 1039 episode 1039 was about what adipose tissue or body fat is doing and how immune cells in an obese environment are themselves obese, are themselves sluggish and inflamed, So it's not just how you look. It's not just the body positivity piece. It is how well you can stay healthy, how well you can fight disease or not. So it doesn't get in the way of anything. Well, yeah, it might not get in the way of you fitting in your seat on the airplane, but it might get in the way of your ability to fight cancer. It just might. This is why we have to be specific. This is why we have to be complete in how we consider things. This is why consistency requires that you become a better thinker. It doesn't require that you learn some new strategy about intermittent fasting. It doesn't. It requires that you become a better thinker. That's my personal passion, clearly. Get a little fired up about this stuff. The next one is, I've certainly said this 100 million times or more, I don't effing care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about my body. I don't care about my health. I just don't care. This is one of these opportunities to become a better thinker. This is one of those opportunities to be a little more mature. I do care. I'm just angry. I do care. I'm just frustrated. I do care. I'm just overtired. We have to practice being more mature. I care a lot. I'm just in a bad mood. I care a lot. I'm just overwhelmed. Okay, then we can deal with overwhelm. Then we can deal with stress. Then we can deal with fatigue. Then we can deal with frustration. Whatever it is, we can deal with it. But we have to be honest. You do care. You care a lot. But it's normal to have moments where you're just in a funk. So let's be honest about the funk. And this is why I think it's so valuable to have a coach and or a community. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to people, oftentimes people I've paid, right, in a mastermind or a coaching scenario and said, I'm having a moment. Obviously, I care a lot. But because I'm stressed, because I'm tired, because of whatever it is, I just feel like I don't care right now and they help me connect back to why I care so much and they they help me take the intensity off the emotion in that moment that's the practice of becoming a better thinker it's okay to say I care but I don't want to care right now because I'm mad so then let's talk about what we can do to get through that moment instead of just lying, instead of just being dishonest, instead of just avoiding what's really going on. The Next one says, I'm sick and tired of obsessing about food, so screw it, I want this. Let's fix the obsessing problem. Indulging because you have an obsession issue is not the answer, it's the problem. So you're perpetuating the problem that you're pissed about. That's not being a good thinker. And that's not an indictment. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to do things a little bit differently. If you're sick and tired of obsessing about food, I don't want you obsessing about food either. What do you want your relationship with food to look like and how can we practice that? Let's not just dive deeper into the problem because you're not acknowledging the problem the real problem, the root of the problem. Same thing with the next one that says, I have a high-pressure job in life, and I deserve this. What is it that you think you deserve? To overindulge, to overeat, to put your health on the back burner? Those are the things you deserve. This is why being general is dangerous. Because we don't ever say what it is that we deserve. You deserve a cookie? <laughs> you, is that what you deserve? I, I tell myself regularly because I have those same thoughts too. You're not like bad for having these thoughts. I think they're very common What I deserve is to be healthy. What I deserve is to be fit and lean. What I deserve is to be confident and free from the back and forth of food and weight and the struggle. No, I deserve, because I have a high-pressure job in life, I deserve to be free from this crap. I do not deserve a cookie. If I want a cookie, I can have a cookie, but I don't deserve it. I don't, and you don't either. Sorry. One woman's opinion. I saw something the other day, and I loved it, and I couldn't agree with it more. It said, getting super fit will multiply your creativity, productivity, and prosperity. Getting super fit will multiply your creativity, productivity, and prosperity. I could not agree more. The last one that came through was, it's too hard to be, quote, compliant. One of my favorite questions to ask myself, like literally one that I enjoy the most is, how can I make this easier? Look, if it's too hard, that's information. It's opportunity. It's not an obstacle. How can you make it easier? I eat a lot of the same meals, right? Breakfast is almost always a protein shake or Greek yogurt. With protein powder in it. Dinners, depending on the season, we have a few things we eat. I say this all the time. You guys are probably tired of hearing it. We do a lot of spaghetti squash. We do a lot of chili without beans. We do a lot of steak and broccoli. Those things are on repeat in our home. Our summer rotation is a little bit different, but those things are on repeat, and I always have them in our house. And when I make chili without beans, I make enough for it to be three or four meals. Anytime I cook, I make sure that there's leftovers because that's easy for the next day's lunch. Those are some of the things I do to make it easier. I make sure that I don't buy like indulgent food. So I love ice cream. But if I'm going to have ice cream, I'm going to go out to ice cream. I'm not going to have it in the house to constantly consider. I'm going to have to leave, which is harder than ever now with twins, but I make it convenient to eat well. I keep things that I love and enjoy eating that are also aligned with my goals in the house. So if you feel like it's too hard, use this as an opportunity to ask yourself, what can I do to make it easier? If you draw a blank when you ask yourself that question, that's why it's so important to either have a coach or be in community or both. Ask other people, what do you do to make it easier? I'm finding it difficult to, X, Y, Z, be specific, Has anybody found something that makes this easier? We don't have to struggle in this alone. And if we are, we're doing it wrong. It's an option. It's an option to go through it alone. It's also an option available to all of us to get the support of other people who have found success in areas where we're currently struggling. All right. I hope some of those resonated with you, and that you'll use some of those tools. And I also hope that if this is an area of struggle for you, that you'll get on that wait list for the consistency course, because I am taking 50 to 60 people, so that we can really work on consistency, so we can really work on overcoming excuses and having that be the skill set that we really develop as we go into the new year. So you can go to the show description and get the link there, or just go directly to primalpotential.com forward slash the dash consistency dash course. If you have any trouble with that, just message me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton and we'll get it squared away for you. Make it a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram, at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.